Genre. Welcome back to Grenetto Minute, the daily podcast where we review and reanimate the Zomrom Com Shaun of the Dead, one minute at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez, senior staff member. And I'm Scott Corelli. And uh, today we are going back to minute number seven, which begins with Sean helping Ed play some Time Splitters 2, and uh, ends with Ed telling Sean that he's going to do it for him. Yeah. Well, no, that he's sorry. Yeah, he's sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing blows my mind more than like the magic trick of going back and watching a video game now and like knowing that at, at the time I felt in my heart that it looked really cool. And then just seeing like blocks of, of colors like <laughs> shooting each other. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, it's freaky to me that like 10 years from now, I'm going to look at like battlefront two or like horizon new dawn and be like, ugh. I I don't know about that. I almost because I almost feel like we've we've gotten to a point where there's not really a huge difference between the last generation and this one. Um, That's true. Like there's I, I I still remember. I used to be a big gamer around the time this movie came out, and I remember flipping through pages of Game Informer and seeing like stills or photographs from Gears of War, and like being so like amazed I'm like, oh yeah my god that's incredible yeah 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 but maybe that's being young maybe that's just like saying that you know cinema never topped you know 2001 a space odyssey well what i'm saying is i just don't think there's been much of a difference in um in uh graphic quality from mm. the previous generation to the current one like like how you know, cars were for a while yeah like like 360 to uh xbox one. xbox one yeah um, or PS3 to PS4. I don't think there's a huge difference. I think mm -hmm. it's more about like, you know, detail Improving. stuff in the yeah, background. Yeah, yeah, things like that. But like, I, I think generally it's yeah. I think it was a huge jump from like Xbox, Xbox, Xbox to 360. 360. Yeah, totally. That was like historic. Right. That was that was a huge jump, and it was always a huge jump before that. But I think we've gotten to a point where. You know, the next big jump is going to be like <laughs> that's you still use a controller. Um, it'll be yeah. it'll be that's stuff like that toy. as like VR gets better and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah. And then Horizon New Dawn will just be like lone gunman. Right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> just collecting dust in a cafe 80s. Yep. Um, Waiting for the end to come. Cafe millennial. Cafe Millennial. Um, oh man, which would be which would be ironic because, as we all know, uh, millennial hipsters like uh, old games. So, <laughs> also they hate going to restaurants. We killed Chili's. No, wouldn't it was Applebee's. Be, wouldn't that be amazing? This is this is more of a conversation for for Back to the Future minute, but that show's over. So th now you get this. Um, but uh, wouldn't it be amazing if you go to like Cafe Millennials? Uh, you know, in the in like you know twenty. 
35 or something like that. You go to Cafe mm-hmm. Millennial and it's literally just 80s stuff because <laughs> Millennials just liked 80s stuff. And it's like Stranger Things. It's like, wait, I thought this was yeah. about like, you know, 2015 or why mm-hmm. why is this? Why is everything see, 80s? That's... Yeah, you, see Pennywise, you see Pennywise the Dancing Clown. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So I the one thing that I like about this moment of – um of uh ed and and sean um sean right. sort of like backseat Helping him. yeah backseat driving uh his uh his gaming is that mm-hmm. um it really kind of shows you <laughs> how sort of like supportive they are of each other you know like right like, yeah like it's not it, it it it's it's hard to like really put a point on it um but it's like he just can't help but help his friend, you know? It's natural. Yeah. It's just a natural state of being. I don't know. Yeah, no. And 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 I, I, I'm, I'm really – I'm lucky enough to have a couple of friendships like this. And I, there are a couple of people where, like, I know they forgot their keys. You know, and, and we kind of saw a hint of that earlier where without looking at him, Ed was able to be like, you won't work. Yeah. You know? Right. And, like, I don't – I've been in living situations where I don't I don't know my roommates, like, like work schedules. Mm-hmm. You know, so the fact that Ed is able in his haze of just gluttony and sloth, <laughs> he's he is able to remember that his friend Sean has like work and he can't play video games. It it says something, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I get it, and it, it it really is just it it is a bit more subdued than Tim and Mike, though. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, because Ed is 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 not going to be as sort of like open and cuddly as Mike would be. That's um, true, you know, in in retrospect it, it's weird because from the pilot you would expect it, the American version of Mike would be very like macho alpha like like Tim Allen like where's the real man. But yeah. It, it 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 it's cool like the the zag of that series is that he's this very openly affectionate, friendly, lovely man. Yeah. Like if Mike was in, if Mike was in the group, I think I think Dave and Die would would eventually like be like, oh, he's not that bad, right? Absolutely. Um, I don't think anyone would have a problem with Mike being in the group. Mike's the best, and he's so respectful. <laughs> he you is, know? yeah. He, he he like stands up, nods, opens the door for people. Right. Yeah. Oh yes. Um, that's my that's my go. Whenever I I have to find what Mike is, that's like my like. Oh my, I think that's why. Night. Oh yes, I think that's why I'm so impressed by uh, Nick's performance as Ed. Yeah, it's completely different. I mean, it's like the polar opposite, mm-hmm. and it, it's an easy performance to write off because he Ed is such a a stock character in what's going to be the next decade of of comedy after this. Yeah, but you know, seeing you know, knowing Danny Butterman, knowing Mike, knowing all the characters that he's played since it it's like, Oh yeah, he is actually playing a different note than he, than he does afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he kind of, he really doesn't repeat himself after this. Ed, Ed is like a singular character in his filmography. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the only character that comes close to Ed is his character in attack the block. <laughs> right. Which is like a, it it if the zombie apocalypse never happened, it would have been Ed like in ten years. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Or it's sort of like a level. If 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 it if it's Ed, if Ed had any ambition about not just like selling pot to his friends. But 
he does take it very seriously to the point where he gets a phone call on his burner. Oh, two and seconds. Yeah, he's like, he's like, give me two seconds and pauses his phone, answers it right away because it's his mm-hmm. business. And so it's sort of like a version of responsibility, you know? I mean, yeah, and uh, I yeah. mean, Pete, Pete, you know, gives him shit because it's not technically an occupation. Um, yeah. And that's that's totally true. You know, being a drug dealer is illegal. Like, all, mm-hmm. like that is totally, totally true. But credit where credit's due, he does take it very seriously. He he actually takes his career more seriously than Sean. Yeah. So in some respects, Ed and Pete have that in common where like they don't with Sean. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, so I just find that really interesting. Uh, that being said, the whole phone conversation is undercut by uh, by Ed scratching his pubes. Um, mm-hmm. But which. Uh, I don't know if you heard this uh, in the commentary. They actually revealed that the foley of that action is actually Nick Frost scratching his pubes, like his real pubes. Oh, yay. Yeah. <laughs> so if you ever wondered. Uh, well, as someone who has recently uh, served as a as a foley guy, as a that's that's magical. <laughs> Yeah, I I had never even noticed that you hear them really. Yeah, it, it is really subtle. It's not really played up as a joke. Um, it's just but, like this really but horrible, I did. I, I, I listened for it after listening to the commentary. And uh, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, and they're there. Hear it. Oh, yeah. Uh, you also get a much sadder close up of the, the poster that is held up by stickers. Yeah. It's <laughs> true. Like an eighth grade boy's like poster couldn't think of anything for it's like uh it's a it's called like ninja on the road and it's got like yeah ninjas on the road yeah yeah it's like a monkey listening to uh uh oh djing it's like a monkey dj oh it's like a dj poster behind behind some turntables yeah maybe it was like a night or like a like a record release thing or something i uh you have to think that was just like a friend's gig poster that made it into the movie yeah probably so uh so so get- Pete comes back in the room is getting annoyed that Sean isn't talking to Ed but I'm like Ed's on the phone like what are you Yeah that, like this yeah. is this is the part of the movie where I'm not sympathetic to to Pete, to Pete. Sure. yeah cuz he's he's super condescending um mm-hmm. he's being yeah he's 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 being unnecessarily uh adversarial yeah um, when he, he's like, you know, it's not, it's not so hard writing a message on a scrap of paper. It really reminds me of, uh, the robot wars episode of space where they got that one guy to deliver the, uh, <laughs> what's that line that he like just says like the weirdest voice ever. Oh, I don't that. Yeah. Oh, I don't that. Yeah. <laughs> I love how he right lets the weird ones make, make it into the movie. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it 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 adds to the quotability of some lines because mm-hmm. it's it makes them sort of lyrical and musical sounding, you know? Yes. So they, they become earworms easier. Yeah. Like writing something on a little scrap of paper could have been a nothing line. But like it's you, you really remember it now. And it feels more human because that, that's how people say stuff. Right. Bringing back kind of yesterday when we mentioned how – I almost called him Dwayne. How Pete and Sean's like – 
uh, outfits are kind of like like mirroring each other in a way. Yeah. I like the 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 reveal or the detail that Pete actually has an additional piece of armor <laughs> that Sean doesn't have, which is the jacket. Mm-hmm. It separates them even more. Yeah, um, it's like, like it's like, like almost because in the it. in the kitchen scene. They they are looking similar because you're supposed to be like okay they're they're on the same side right they're level at yeah. each other they're even level they're like they're like of, look yeah. this Ed thing is a is a problem right and and Sean's just like I yeah I mean I know he's a problem but also I love him because he's he's a goofus um, yeah they're speaking to each other as more or less as equals as peers yeah and peers. then now here when Pete takes over. Sean's conversation. Now he has the jacket on and he's on a different level from Sean. Like he's it 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 sort of separates him from Sean. They are no longer peers yeah. because he has a he has a jacket with that goes with his suit. It's like a role-playing game where you you see a guy that has armor over his tunic and you're like, "Oh fuck, that guy's got a armor." Yeah. If I just play this game for two more hours, I can afford fucking armor. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really I it's just it's it's really pointed. And then not only does the jacket serve that sort of visual purpose, but it's also like a setup for a a joke we're about to get. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And, you know, it's looking at it as, as a filmmaker working with with limited resources like a lot of us are. It's it's cool to know that, yeah, like film costuming can be such an art unto mm-hmm. itself and can be so uh grand and operatic and but you can still tell a story with stuff that you can buy at a, at a ross or a, or a goodwill right right you can still find ways to let character and story seep through stuff like costuming and production design right. which is, is is definitely something that we couldn't shut up about during the back to the future podcast but it bears repeating yeah well i mean it it's it's similar here because this is another movie where you know, you can see silhouettes of these characters and know what character you're looking at. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them wearing normal clothes, like right. how the Marty McFly has become a Halloween costume, even though he's not he's not really wearing anything you can't get at a store. Well, right. I mean, not now. It was easier back then. Right. I, I just love how Ed is sort of just not having the con- like the con like his condescension. Pete's condescension isn't bothering Pete or isn't bothering Ed. Ed mm-hmm. is just like, yeah, this guy's a prick. Like, I just, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, very. It, it's really interesting seeing this after we talked about how Sean responded to David and Die's condescension. Mm-hmm. Like Ed, Sean's sort of much more uncomfortable with it, but Ed's like, yeah, I know this guy thinks what I am. Like, I know again, he's he's very comfortable in his own skin and in his in his own life. Mm-hmm. Like he he's not mad at Pete. He doesn't want conflict, but he's like, well, this guy this guy's a prick, right? He, he thinks I'm a lazy asshole. I know that I'm not. Whatever, right? It's really not even until Pete starts digging into Sean that Ed starts snapping. Hmm. Um. Instead, he just does these passive aggressive things like this: "I am a prick" gag. Um, <laughs> yeah, and. You know, I, I mentioning earlier how Ed is very much like a stock type. You can watch any comedy made in the last 10, 15 years and see like an Ed character. And I think the difference between the ones that you fall in love with, like Ed and the, the, the kind of nameless ones, are those little moments of 
seeing like the humanity and like the love like oh like this character isn't ty- entirely irredeemable right right though i do have to point out that um <laughs> you know when when pete turns around and you see the uh the i am a prick uh <laughs> yeah you know note note uh note paper on the chain back. note yeah. chain like a yeah no note paper chain on the back of his mm-hmm. uh, jacket um sean makes absolutely no move to let him know or right no yeah he doesn't do the adult thing no he doesn't he lets it go he he kind of like sighs and rolls his eyes about it uh but it's it's a, it's a real boys will be boys reaction <laughs> yeah but he yeah he doesn't do anything like oh you, you know you don't you gotta you got a thing on your back dude come on um, i don't know it's just yeah, i think it's, it's i think it's so funny he's like sort of like you know, trying to be mature, but also isn't really doing the mature thing. He's like, yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, it, it, it's letting the audience know like he's still one of the kids. He still hasn't yeah. grown up. But yeah, so Ed, uh, Ed, Ed isn't going to do nothing, uh, nothing for him. Uh, and <laughs> and I, I just I think that that's I mean, I, look, you know, at the end of the day, Ed is a terrible house guest. Yeah, like not even a well, he's an he's a tragic disaster as a house guest. He's a shitty roommate. Yeah, as a house guest, it's it, in the context of him not even being a roommate. It's even more unforgivable. Right, right. Yeah, um, he's squatting, he's uh, squatting on the couch. Oh, so I, I just wanted to say at the very beginning, the way Sarah Fenerwitz says Ed, it almost it's so deep that he almost kind of sounds like Matt Barry. And then I thought about what if Matt Barry was was Pete for a second, and I thought like, oh, oh, that'd be interesting. That is interesting. Mm. But I just wanted to let the UK listeners know that yeah, I know who Matt Barry is. Yeah, did want to make bring up a few American things that he did, like his role um, in Couples Retreat and Spy. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we kept remembering stuff literally after we were recording. Right. We were like, oh, right. We forgot that. And that of and course, that. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, big role in Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy. Um. He was also uh, he also played Crowley in the BBC Four radio adaptation of Good Omens. Did you ever listen to that? I did. Yeah, I never listened to it. I love the book, but I, I, I and then the, that that TV show is coming out, right? Right, right. Um, the uh, the the radio adaptation's good, and he's good in it. Sweet. Yeah, Sarah Finowitz, good stuff. Who's uh, who, who's the who's the angel? Oh, in uh, in the radio four in the radio, uh, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, it's like, Markeep, of course. It's Markeep. Markeep, boom, yeah, boom. Yeah. Oh, good that's old, good. Yeah, good old Brian. Yeah, all our Brian. Yeah, <laughs> no, not her. She's not in it. But <laughs> I wish. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, <laughs> if she played Crowley, uh, in the Marsha voice. Yeah, in the Marsha voice. Uh, man, that'd be great. Anyway, uh. Um, Good, uh, good, 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 good roommate dynamics, you know, like there's just, there's a lot of really yeah. great stuff to dig into in each of these yeah. minutes. It's, uh, you really get more of a sense of what a deep bummer living in this house would be on a, on a day-to-day basis. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, I think that's, uh, I think that's all I've got for minute seven. Yeah. I'm good if you're good. All right, cool. Uh, let's see. Well, I hope you guys had a good Tuesday. And as always, you can go and listen to our many other podcasts at DuelingGenre.com. 
There's a lot of them. I, I tried saying them all last week and I felt so stupid. There's there's too many. So uh, many. We have a bunch of we have a bunch of movies by just us. We have a bunch of movies by minute ones. Uh, Geek by Night and Immunities are on hiatus right now, but you can listen to both of them. And uh, I'm really proud of Geek by Night, and I'm really proud to have Immunities uh, on the site. I have nothing to do with it, but yeah, it's cool. And Doctor's Companion, The Long Way Round. We are working on that. Uh, and I, I do want to give a special shout out to Having a Friend for Dinner, a Hannibal Lecter podcast that we're producing now, um, mm-hmm. where they're uh, they're covering all of the Hannibal Lecter media. So they're doing, you know, Manhunter, they're doing Red Dragon, they're doing uh, Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal, and they're doing the Hannibal television series. So are uh, they doing Hannibal Rising? Yeah, eventually they'll get to it. God. Yeah, they're going to do everything. Um, so uh, so check that out. One of them is a huge Hannibal Lecter, Thomas Harris fan, and the other one has never seen or heard really any of it. Um, oh, cool. He's the me. Yeah, right. So it's uh, it, it's going to be a good show, so make sure that you, uh, you check that out. And I'm sure at some point we'll probably have them um, on the show to talk about this, so you'll hear more about it there. I mean, you know, zombies are... Technically cannibals. Technically. Mm-hmm. They're dead cannibals. Did, but they're, was they're Hannibal cannibals. subconsciously driven to cannibalism because it rhymed? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> These are the questions I want answered. <laughs> uh, for more on that, uh, watch Hannibal Rising, I guess. Um, all right. Oh, my God, well, it rhymes. <laughs> well, uh, we, will, uh, we will be back tomorrow, but in the meantime... Let's have a nice cold pint and wait for all this to blow up. Thank you.